Welcome to the Table Talk with Tati podcast. You're about to listen in to the replay of an exclusive webinar I hosted in 2018 in celebration of International Women's Day. During this online event, I took a deep dive into exactly what it takes to make your mark, whether you're building a brand or simply trying to climb the corporate ladder. In preparation for the new year, I shuffled through my content arsenal and stumbled across this playback and I thought, this information can definitely be useful to my creative family over on the podcast. So here we are. Grab your note-taking gear, focus in, and let's get to it. It's Natasha Toddy Weston, entrepreneur, content creator, and three times best-selling author. Let's scratch the titles. I'm just the girl next door. If you follow me on social media, you know I'm all about being an open book, bringing current events from the real world and my world to the table to give my sisters from other misters insight, wisdom, and real talk about life, business, and all that other ish. The reason I created Table Talk with Toddy is because I've spent the last decade, mostly online talking to people, more specifically millennial women all around the world about the ups and downs that come with building a brand, being a mom, and having a personal life. And what I eventually realized was that we all have many of the same questions, curiosities, and challenges. So here we are. On the Table Talk with Tati podcast, we'll laugh, we'll cry, and I'm pretty sure we'll be pouring it up together on many occasions. It's about time that you got a relatable, unapologetic view on life as a creative living in the 21st century. On this show, you'll hear from some of my close friends, family, and guests that I've learned a thing or two from over the last decade. Get ready for some ahas, mm-hmms, and yes, girls, because at this table, nothing, and I mean nothing, is off limits. Be sure to subscribe to the Table Talk with Toddy podcast right now on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to leave a rating and review. You have got to own your story. There are billions of people in this world. There are a million brand strategists, a million event planners, a million authors, a million hairstylists. It's it's a lot of us. It's a lot of us out here in these internet streets trying to do the same thing, right? Nothing is new under the sun. We've heard that. But what is new under the sun is your story. But you can't make a mark if your story is the exact same as everybody else's, right? With all of the people that there are on this planet, even if, you know, I went through foreclosure, I'm a single mom. Yes, there are a million other women with the same story. But every every single one of us has our own audience that's going to be attracted not just to that story, but they're going to be attracted to our personality. So even though Natasha may have maybe a single mom and may have gone through foreclosure or whatever, and Annie over here has the exact same story, my audience is going to be different because they may like the fact that I like trap music. Whereas Annie may just like pop music or, you know, jazz. So this is why it is so important to own your story, 
to own your personality. Yes, your personality may not change too much, but your journey will. And people who are attracted to you and your story, the one thing that emotionally connects them to you, they're going to grow with you. They're going to evolve with you. And even if at some point, you know, maybe they can't relate to you anymore, they will be able to refer you to other people. They'll be able to refer you to other people, but you cannot get there until you own your story. Like I just shared with you guys, my whole life, my whole brand did not start really evolving until I got literally as vulnerable as I could get. I shared something that I normally wouldn't have shared and my audience was able to connect with me. And even if they weren't able to relate to the whole foreclosure thing, I'm sure at some point, the women in my community have almost been homeless, have been broke, and not knowing where them and their kids were going to stay, period, right? So it was an emotional connection that allowed them to trust me. And when people trust you, what do they do? They buy from you. They sow into you. They share you with other people. But that will not happen until you start to own your story. Nobody can tell your story like you can tell it. And that's why I'm very big on, you know, just keeping it funky. Because if I keep it funky, nobody can tell it for me, right? You you know, you won't. Now, of course, people are going to talk. But when you can be just as genuine as you can be, it's so less stressful when you could just be who you are and grow and understand that life is never going to be the same in every season, right? Life is never going to be the same in every season. So here are some things I want you to consider when it comes to owning your story. Who do you want to be? I remember when we first got cable and you know, we first got BET and like I was in kind of in high school, I think. And I, I really saw myself on red carpets. Like I really saw myself dressing up and sitting at the table with the elite. I saw myself as a game changer. Now I didn't know at that time what that would look like. And at that time, everybody was just going to school to be, you know, business admin or a doctor, nurse, a lawyer, not knocking that, but that wasn't my, that just wasn't for me. And my first real desire was to get into the fashion industry. And that's really how my whole career started was because when I dropped out of college, I went to New York City. I interned for BET in the wardrobe department. And I started interning with Kendrell Bowman, who at the time was K. Michelle's wardrobe stylist when she had the blue hair like that long ago. And I was his assistant running around New York. Um, I did fashion public relations. And so I got my feet wet in the fashion industry. But it wasn't until years later when I was able to just own who I was and leverage that to my ability that my whole brand changed. So you first got to be real with who you want to be. And a lot of times we know already it's just owning up to it and understanding that until you accept that this is who I want to be and I'm going to do what I need to do and not take any shortcuts, it's just not going to work. What inspires you? Some of us, we're around the same people, we're doing the same things, and we're not being inspired. And inspiration is what draws you and what pushes you to make moves. If you're not inspired, nothing is going to happen for you. 
if you're not inspired by the people you're around, if they're not pushing you, if you're around a whole bunch of gossiping chicks that all they want to do is talk about other people, that is just toxic energy. It is not going to push you to do anything and you're not going to make an impact. You're not going to make an impact. You're not going to leave a mark. The only mark you're going to leave is negativity, gossip, and just a whole bunch of negativity. So if you are around that all the time, focus going forward as we move into quarter two, focus on getting a whole new circle of friends, a whole new circle of associates. And even if you don't meet these people in person right off, start building circles online. And I do that. I I still have people who I've never met face to face and we have become the best of friends over the last few years. Right. And so definitely know what inspires you, because that is what is going to make you feel more comfortable with being who you are and sharing your story. And last but not least, y'all, and this is very hard to accept or to admit, is what is your current path force? Do you feel forced in whatever lane you're in? Do you feel like it's, it's not flowing as easy as you would want to outside of the normal you know, pitfalls that you will have to go through to be successful? Is, is what, you, what you're doing now, does it feel forced? So again, I just explained the, the Toddy brand. I felt like it was forced. I felt like I was only doing it for the money. I wasn't passionate about it. I didn't enjoy doing it anymore. And that those are the questions that you want to ask yourself because that's not necessarily owning your story. It's just not. And it's a miserable place to be in. And you, you got to get to a place where you let that go or at least work towards moving out of that forced place. And we're going to talk just a little bit more about that in a few moments. So the second main point that I want to make and the second key thing that you have to do to make your mark is, ladies, you've got to create at least one platform that you can commit to. I see a lot of you online, you don't have any platform. You've got books, but you have no type of YouTube channel. You don't have a podcast. You don't have any outlet for people to get to know, love, and trust you. You can have the best product, the best service in the world. But if you are not consistently communicating who you are and why you're great and how you can offer value to the world, nobody cares. Nobody will find you. And that this is this is and I want you all to really write this down. This is the major game changer. And I'm telling you all from experience. I started with a YouTube video titled Feeling Stuck. I looked a hot mess. I didn't know a thing about makeup, and I recorded the video from my BlackBerry. Now, I don't know how many of y'all, you know, was around during BlackBerry days, but that's real old school. And that is what I recorded my first video on. Tyler was barely a month old, and I was sitting in my mom's townhouse at the end of the dining room table, because that was my office at the time. And I just knew I had something to say, and I wanted to be able to share it with people even when I was asleep. So even though I didn't know the magnitude of a platform, I knew that I had to find a way to express the value that I had to offer. And value all the time doesn't have to come in the form of, you know, something tangible. It can literally just be your wisdom, your life experience, your advice, 
Okay, so don't get it twisted. It doesn't have to be anything all technical and fancy. It could literally just be like we're talking right now, me giving you life advice. That is value, but you have to have some sort of platform to communicate, right? A relationship, a healthy relationship is only built off of healthy communication. So the same way that you communicate with your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend or your friends, right? You've got to date each other, court each other, talk to each other on the phone periodically, maybe even text message. If you don't like to talk, if you're like me, I'm, I'm a text person. I don't really want to talk on the phone too much unless it's business. But you've got to open the channels of communication. So if you don't hear anything else that I share with you today, understand you need at least one outlet one way that the people you're trying to make a mark in their lives impact you have to find a way to communicate with them for me it's podcasting number one two video my youtube channel um those are my two main sources of communication those are my two platforms those are my two platforms now this year at the beginning of the year you know last year i was everywhere doing everything but this year my focus is my Instagram page, my podcast, and my YouTube videos. Three things. Now, you obviously don't need to start with three if it's gonna overwhelm you, but here is like the strategy or the way that I normally think about um, creating a platform. So you wanna focus on where you're diving. So think, take a second now and think about, you know, where are you? Are you on Facebook? Are you on Instagram? Are you podcasting? Are you on YouTube? Are you a blogger? And think about where you're getting the most response. Where are people tuning into you the most from? Are they watching more of your Facebook live videos? Do you get a lot of likes and comments on your Facebook posts, your Instagram posts? Are you getting a lot of downloads on your podcast? Are you getting a lot of um, views on your blog? So evaluate exactly where you're thriving present day. So like right now, as you're watching this webinar, where are you thriving the most? Because that's where you want to focus. There's no sense in trying to be on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if your Twitter is hardly getting any, you know, engagement, if people aren't really connecting with you there. You want to focus on where you're driving. So here's what I tend to do. I have, like, this sort of, like, scale that I made up in my head, y'all, so don't judge me. And the scale is, okay, what do I enjoy doing? And where do I get the most engagement? And whatever that middle ground is, that's the platform you need to be on. So at the beginning of this year, I knew, okay, I enjoy taking pictures. My end goal is to get brand partnerships. I want to get paid to post pictures on Instagram with products and things that I like to do, right? And where am I getting the most engagement? So the middle ground for me is Instagram, right? Okay. I love to produce videos. I love editing videos, even though it sometimes can take me forever, right? I get a pretty decent amount of engagement on my Facebook Live videos, sometimes on YouTube, but the middle ground for me would be YouTube because YouTube is SEO friendly. So that means if somebody Googles the title of my video, they're gonna find me, they're gonna be linked to my website, so for me, it just made more sense to focus on YouTube and Instagram. So for you, you may enjoy taking pictures of your outfit, right? You may enjoy taking pictures of your outfit. So that would mean 
all right, if I enjoy taking pictures of my outfit and I already get a pretty decent amount of engagement on my blog, then I need to focus on this blog or I need to focus on Instagram from getting a pretty amount, pretty good amount of, you know, comments, likes, shares, things like that. That is the kind of scale, guys, that I use personally to help me figure out what platform I need to be on. So I use myself for an example. The reason why I love podcasting and I focus on that platform is because I like to talk. (laughs) I like to talk and I don't have enough friends to call and talk about all the random thoughts and ideas and wisdom and advice that comes across my brain. But I know my people like to hear me talk, right? And so my people are also busy. They're moms, they're in corporate America, and they're in, they spend a great amount of time in their cars because they have kids or they're on the way to work, on their lunch break. So guess what? Podcasting is the middle ground for me because it's easier for them to engage with me and I actually enjoy doing it. So I hope that those examples make sense. Um, so you definitely guys, I don't care if it is photos, videos, podcasting, or blogging, find a platform that you enjoy and that you can commit to, because if you don't commit to a platform, you won't be consistent. And if you aren't consistent, you won't necessarily reap the harvest of being consistent. Let's move on to number three. But y'all, number two is definitely the most important. You have to have a communication outlet, aka a platform, at least one. So be thinking about that now. You need a platform unless you're not going to leave a mark. Number three, collaborate with intention. I know women can be catty. I know we can be competitive. I know we can want to just do it all by ourselves all the time, but that is not healthy and that is definitely not smart. Take it from me. Now, I don't collaborate all the time, but I'm very intentional and strategic when I do collaborate. So if you go back and check out some of my previous collaborations, you know it was mutually beneficial. If it was just hopping on my Biz Bestie Candace Nicole's podcast or, you know, doing the, the partnership I did today with the Beauty Crop, mutually beneficial. And this is big because especially as you are, you know, trying to climb the ladder or trying to make a mark or trying to build a following, whatever you want to call it, sometimes it's easy to just conform to the first person that says, girl, we need to partner or girl, we need to collaborate. All collaborations are not good collaborations. And you definitely want to make sure that you are protecting your name and protecting your reputation. Okay, so collaborate with intention. Be very selective. Y'all, the thing that has changed the game for me as far as collabs is exclusivity. You don't need to be on everybody podcast. You don't need to be on everybody Facebook Live, especially if they barely know what they're doing. Is there a mic drop option somewhere? And y'all, this is tough love. I learned my lesson the hard way. Do not be hopping on everybody's stuff just because you can reach two more people than you would have if you didn't. Even if you're just a beginner, even if you have not really made a mark yet anywhere, know your value and know your worth and understand that at some point, that one collaboration 
could kill your whole brand. It could kill your whole reputation. So be very careful. Do your research on people because everybody has a platform now does not mean you need to be on it. Okay. Be very selective. And I think that's one thing that has worked out well for me, even though I learned this the hard way. That is one thing that has worked out well for me because you're not about to see me on everybody's stuff. And saying no is hard, especially when it's someone who is up and coming or someone who is, you know, trying. You still can't say yes to everything. You still can't. And who you collaborate with is definitely going to depend on your level and whatever it is that you're doing. So for me right now, it it doesn't make sense for me to hop on an interview with someone who doesn't have a following yet, with someone who isn't monetizing their brand yet. For me personally, that doesn't make sense because I've invested a lot of time. My brand is monetized and it just doesn't make sense. Now, if you're just getting started and you haven't yet monetized your brand, then that would make sense for you to partner with someone who is also up and coming because you can both benefit from that, right? You're both building an audience. You're both trying to monetize. So that would make sense. So definitely make sure that who you're collaborating with makes sense for where you are in your life or in your business or in your brand, okay? So that's what I mean when I say collaborate with intention. So here are some things I want you to consider. What do you and the other person bring to the table that's mutually beneficial? Please, y'all, save yourself the heartache. And I'm going to bring up an example of something that is very common and popular and trendy right now. It are, and I might not even say this right, anthropologies. So basically, when someone comes up with a book title and a book concept, and then they solicit 50 other people to put a chapter in the book, and those people aren't getting paid, they're just putting their name on it, and you may get a shout out periodically, right? But you're not making any money from it. But here's the problem with anthropology and doing stuff like collaborations of the sort. If that person is just getting started and they don't have an audience, how is that necessarily going to benefit you if you're not getting paid for it? Y'all get what I'm saying? So just be very careful, do your research, and make sure that it is mutually beneficial. Now, I'm not saying I'll never, ever do an anthropology, but the person definitely is going to have to have over a million followers, and I'm going to have to be getting paid something, whether it's in speaking engagements on a book tour or royalties or something for contributing. So it has to make sense, y'all. Don't do it, and every other person on that 50 author roster don't have no experience, no audience, no clout. It's not going to be beneficial. I'm just, I want to be very straightforward with y'all. It does not make sense. So make sure that it is mutually beneficial. Another thing, great collaborations are seeds. I have sown a lot of seeds in collaborations, literally. Rather, it was hopping on a podcast, a Facebook Live, a Skype, going to speak at an event that I didn't get paid for, interning with someone who had a lot of clout, but wasn't willing to pay me until I could show and prove. All of those are seeds sown. If you are, I'm going to use Courtney for an example, and I hope she doesn't mind. Courtney is an event planner. 
So let's just say, you know, Courtney wants to get more into collaborations with, I feel like she does an amazing job with y'all. She just had a birthday party this past weekend and literally all of her friends that are business owners pitched in to throw the party. That is collaborating with intention. They can all promote each other. It makes sense. But let's just say Courtney is trying to become a celebrity event planner. If Courtney is trying to become a celebrity event planner, Courtney needs to start collaborating with intention. So that means Courtney needs to start following celebrity event planners who've been in the game for a minute, who can teach her something, who can mentor her maybe. And when I say mentor, I don't mean go DM them and ask them to be a mentor. I mean mentor them from a mentor her from afar. So go check out, see how they post on their Instagram. See how you can offer them value. See how you can contribute to what they already have going on. Build a relationship with them. Even offer to volunteer to help them at an event. That is what you call collaborating with intention. Now I'm gonna give y'all a recent experience of mine that I call collaborating with intention. I don't know if you guys follow Sabrina Peterson. She's the founder of the Glam University based out of Atlanta. Sabrina is girl gang all day. I've been following her for years now. And she's really sewn a lot into me from afar, from her courses, her webinars, to her everyday, all day Instagram lives. She's very straightforward. I feel like I know her. I feel like I know her and she's just lit. Does anybody here know Sabrina? She's lit, right? So first Sabrina reached out to me about six months ago when she was first starting to rent out her mommy pad which is on Airbnb now in Atlanta. And she basically wanted me to come and stay in exchange for a blog post or a review. That was my first encounter with Sabrina. That would have been collaborating with intention because Sabrina's audience is essentially kind of just like my audience. And so if I wrote a review for her, she was gonna share that review. And what was that gonna do? Trinkle some people back over into my corner, right? collaborating with intention. As of recently, Sabrina started a Facebook group, a private Facebook group for just her paid webinar attendees and her monthly membership people. And she calls a girl gang. And basically the group started getting so many requests and it got overwhelming. And so someone who I had collaborated with, Joy Cook, from early last year, we had did a tele-seminar together. Joy is one of like the top publicists in the South. And Joy reached out to me because she's also a part of Sabrina's network. And she's like, hey, you know, we're looking for someone to basically be an admin for the group and to maintain the group and keep it running. And Sabrina and I thought you'd be a good fit. Now, even though it wasn't a paid opportunity, it's a genius collaboration. And I accepted and it's been a great decision because Sabrina not only helps promote my business, my brand, she shows me love on Instagram. It's just smart. It's it's collaborating with intention. So I say all of that to say, even though sometimes opportunities may not be paid or you know, you're not getting immediate results from it, think of them as seeds. We all have to plant seeds to get some sort of harvest, okay? So definitely think of collaborations with intention as seeds. All right. And last but not least, please keep in mind the people who are already connected to you. I don't care if you've got 10 followers all across social media. 
make sure whatever collaborations you jump into that is beneficial for those people because they've been loyal to you. They've been following you. And apparently it's something there that they're finding value in. So outside of the money or perks of collaborating with certain people or certain organizations, make sure you keep the people in your audience in mind. Okay. So those are the three keys that I want. I was so passionate about sharing with you guys because this is how you make your mark. This is how I've been able to make my mark. So the first thing is definitely owning your story. The second thing, which is the biggest thing, is to create at least one platform that you love and can commit to. And number three, make sure that you collaborate with intention. So be smart, ladies. Don't just be jumping on any old bandwagon just because it's a bandwagon. Okay. Be smart about it. Take it from me. It will save you a lot of time, heartache, energy, arguments, all of that. Okay. Now, here's a wrap up so that you can have some homework. These are the things I want you guys to do next. Literally step for step. Number one, to make your mark this year, you first need to decide which part of your story you will and can tell well. Now, we've all got different dimensions of us, right? I could tell y'all the story about my baby daddy and that relationship. That's a part of my story. I could tell y'all about foreclosure. I could tell y'all about life as an entrepreneur. There's many dimensions of the story. Same for you. But pick the one that resonates with the most people. Pick the part of your story that you are, you know, you may not be comfortable telling it right now, but you know it can be impactful and impactful enough for you to tell well and to the point where you can get comfortable. When I first started talking about being foreclosed on y'all, I'll be real. I was embarrassed. I didn't want to tell nobody that. It was hard to tell people that. But as I started to own that part of my story and tell people that part of my story, people started to get emotionally attached to me. And that resulted in great things for my business. The second thing I want you to do is determine who would find the most value in your story. So let's just say you are a single mom, right? And you're raising a child pretty much on your own and you're running a business full time. So I'm talking about myself right now, okay? So let's just say that's you and you have found a system that allows you to run your business and run your child full time, seven days a week. Somebody needs to hear about that. So who would find value in that part? Other single moms. Maybe other single moms who are running businesses or transitioning from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur. Be very specific. Who? This is where the whole target audience thing comes in. This will make it so much easier for you. So determine who would appreciate this outcome or this result or this solution that I've come up with. And it doesn't have to be anything over the top or completely genius, but just know who would benefit from that. And number three, and this is where having a platform comes into place. How will they best absorb your value? Okay. So if you're dealing with mommies who are busy and working a full-time job and side hustling and got church activities on the weekend and going out with friends, they're pretty busy. Nine times out of 10, you're not going to catch them on your blog. Because they don't got time to sit down and read it. Okay? 
that's not where they're going to best absorb your value. So find out where these people in particular will, it'll be easy. You want to make it easy for people to absorb you. You want to make it easy for people to gravitate to you, to take the value and all the content that you have to offer. And so that goes back to finding out who would benefit the most from your outcome. Number four, create and commit to a platform that will allow you to unforcefully be you. And I told y'all we was going to come back to that word. Share your story and do it on a consistent basis. Y'all, we're going to let go of all of the stuff that feels forced. Y'all with me on this? I want y'all to not be forced to do nothing. I want y'all to enjoy it. I want y'all to enjoy it because if you're not enjoying what you're doing, you can't commit to it. And when you can't commit to something, you cannot make a mark or make an impact or influence anybody anywhere. So promise me that you're not going to forcefully do anything else ever again. Promise me that you will not do it. And this comes from the pit of my heart. Do not do it. It's a waste of time. I wish somebody had told me that. Besides the whole purpose fluff and passion. No, keep it real. Don't do nothing that feels forced. And if you are, if you have to be in that place, get a plan to get out of it. And these steps that I'm sharing with you, this is going to allow you to do that. It starts with owning your story. Some of us are doing things as a cover up. Because we don't want to be real about our story and what we've gone through. And we're devaluing what we've gone through and not understanding that that's the key to, that's the key to opening those doors. That is truly the key. So I want y'all to make me a promise. Make me a promise that after today, y'all will not forcefully do anything else ever again. And if you have to for a little while longer, get a plan to get out of it. And number five. Duplicate your message and your value in the form of collaborations. And I'm not going to get into collaborations again because we just spent a great deal of time there. But I definitely want you ladies to understand that everything that I talked about is available to you. Don't look at me. Don't look at Beyonce. Don't look at Cardi. Don't look at anybody else and think that success is just completely out of your reach. I sincerely want to see you win this year. 